Not done start you this morning, was it? No, not too early. It's not. No, went to bed at ooh, half one, up at half six. Yeah, is that normal? Your bedtime is it like you always sleep? Oh, yeah, yeah, can fluctuate. Yeah. What's going on in in my head? Uh, good <laughs> stuff. Yeah, also exciting stuff taking place. So we got to get got to get the job done. So it's yeah, no, it's all good stuff. Bit of reading. Got to yeah. get some reading in before he hit the sack, and then uh, got to get out, got to get out of bed. Excited to get out of bed, which on a wonderful day like it is today. <laughs> fed the dog, had a drink, and then. Where did you set the dog out? Have you been out already this morning? No, I don't. I can't take him out. He's he's fifteen now, so we'll probably go about three, four hundred yards. That's enough. Yeah. Back round, and he's just at the side of me, so. <laughs> my busy mate, he's fantastic. He's, uh, he's in... me, me, me and my wife got up at, at eight o'clock, bit bit before, but eight o'clock because the, the last time I've done a couple of these podcasts, the dog ends up barking through it because she wants attention. So Laura's made breakfast for her and the dog and took her back upstairs so she doesn't interrupt us. Is that the way is she? Yeah, yeah. Let it be natural. I'm just I was just going to say to you if anything, my little fella more than likely. He gets a bit excited, so he might hear Ahmed. He's got to get involved. He's all he's all over the planet, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> That's like our dog. She normally wants to get involved. When I've done them upstairs before, she pops her head in through the door and she appears on camera here. Yeah. So it's it's all, all right. Yeah. It's all yeah, well, we do. We, we get a bit plastic with it. And, you know, we've done a, a few of this type of a few, some of this type of stuff in the past, most recently, in actual fact. And yeah. Not bad. He uh, if he wants to come on, he's coming on. If he doesn't, then likes the attention. Well, yeah, he's. Uh... <laughs> no, hello, mate. He's deaf as a post. <laughs> well, it could be selective deafness. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot yeah. about that. I'm good at that. So. Yeah. Hey. I'm just saying I'm good at that with my missus. Yeah, how's the uh, what sort of dog you got? Uh, Alsatian Cross. She's um, we rescued her probably five years ago, five or six years ago, and um, no, sorry, four years ago we rescued her because she's six, so we got her when she was two, and they didn't have a full breeding history in the kennels. But a few people have said she she looks like she could be crossed with either a Doberman or a bit of Husker. So, but yeah, she's gorgeous, like yeah, big big ears. Great, I love them. Absolutely love them. My dad, he said, the more and more I meet people, the more and more I love my dog. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can uh, relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> there's, an element, there's an element of truth in around that stuff, isn't there? At times, and then the, you know, so you, the dogs tend to be like their owners. But I'm, I think it's the flip in my case. Yeah, I tend to be more like him. <laughs> Wanderer, he just goes off. Potters around, does his bit, comes back when he wants to, yeah. stays out of trouble, stays out of the way, and uh, yeah, he's a, a brilliant little Westy, little West Island Terrier. He's absolutely <laughs> mega. How's the gym? Have you, you do, give it a good clean? It's going really good, mate, yeah. So yesterday I went down, um, give it a bit of a deep clean, tidied a few things up, sorted a bit of admin out and that, and uh, excited to get back in there. But I don't know when that will be. The, the obviously, contact sports will be one of the last things to be. Thursday morning, but yeah, I'm hungry to get back at it. Um, what are you doing? Are you doing any remote stuff with your members? 
Yeah, we've been doing so when when we first sort of got told we had to keep social distancing and before they actually put the lockdown in place, um, I was doing some filming stuff at the academy, putting it out on Facebook, so they had some some content. But then once full lockdown went on, um, I couldn't get to the academy to film. It was difficult in our house because my wife is still working from home and she's on conference calls, so she takes priority. I can't be filming jujitsu stuff in the kitchen and the garden and all that like so. Um, luckily enough, because we're part of a um, an affiliation, the main the main body, the main headquarters of the affiliation, they set up a full comprehensive online program through through Zoom, so we we could get involved in that. Good. Yeah, and then from from this week when we've been able to get out a little bit more travelling, haven't we? That's given me the the freedom to go down to the academy and give it a clean and start filming some stuff for myself. But it's been been really good to be honest, Keith. I, I worked quite hard setting it up and it's been been over a year now and we've done we've done so well for for them to be in this position that we find ourselves in. But I've had really good support from all the members and that they've they've really supported me through it. So yeah, look looking to looking forward to getting back into it, Link. Yeah. Unprecedented uh, for at the moment, isn't it? I know, I know. Unprecedented. It's, you know, it's actually fill in the space with other things that can be beneficial is uh, once you've found it, you got it. Uh, but it's the challenging, the challenging times, but really exciting times. Mm-hmm. You know, things to look forward to. I think if you, if you look at things as you are full or half empty, you've got to, you can live in that world of, you know, negativity, uh, moving away from things and thinking about things that you know things that don't exist i know they're there we're not running away from it they're there but yeah we get excited about things you want to travel around with some shit in your head all the time then happy days you know that's that's a choice yeah i know so, you know it's driving yourself so that you've got something to look forward to and it pulls you magnetizing it takes you closer to where you want to be and you're yeah. gonna have the you're gonna have the ups and downs. They're there, aren't they? They're, we're not running away from anything. They are there, but it's down to perspective. Yeah, I'm, I'm as excited about you know the future uh, that I've ever been, and I need to travel. I've got travel in my blood. I don't know how my <laughs> little gypsy, be honest, but that's not. But I just like to travel at this time of the year. I tend to. We have lots of tours, uh, going away a lot. Yeah. You know, the summer period when when we're when we're down, and I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll delve into a little bit of it. But mm-hmm. that's where I, uh, that's where I branch off. My my education's come through that travelling bit, and it's been. So is that what you're missing? You're missing that at the moment, then, are you? I'm not missing that. It's it's filling that space. I think if you're doing something, mm-hmm. you, you whatever you're doing, you're doing something. If you weren't doing this now, you'd be doing something else. Yeah. It literally is as black and white as that. And you go, well, what do you want to do? I want to be, be a miserable get. Well, okay, all right, be miserable. So that's your choice. But if you then want to do something else, you then got to fill the void with something else and get excited about something else that yeah. engages. And, you know, it really, it's quite, it's quite, it is as simple. It's uh, down to the mindset. It's down to what you focus on and, what you focus on, you'll build. You'll build pictures of it, and then ultimately you'll build emotion around it. Yeah. If you want to focus about negativity, what we do, we get big pictures in the head, and you know the world's coming to an end, and well, that becomes your reality, then, doesn't it? That becomes, becomes the reality. reality. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, and I choose not to do that. Yeah. I've just been reading um, 
it, it come about a bit weird, really. I posted, I don't know, do you know who Jeff Thompson is? Ooh. He's a martial right. artist, and now he's a bit of a guru, sort of spiritualist, but he, he's known as a martial artist, and he was one of the first, like, pioneers in the UK for, like, proper, like, street self-defence and incorporating all different martial arts together. And uh, I, I used to be a big fan of him, like like Dave showed him back in the day, and sort of drifted away from him slightly. And he appeared on my Instagram feed. Um, he, he started doing this Instagram stuff, so I liked one of his videos, commented on it. Anyway, cut a long story short, um, Jeff's put, I emailed him just to say, like, a bit of a, it, it seems weird that you've sort of come back into my life on Instagram. I used to follow you back in the day and all this. His publisher contacted me, um, said, I'm going to forward your email address to Jeff himself. In the meantime, Jeff has offered a PDF file of his brand new book, going to be published in in July. So I've got his, his brand new book there. Fantastic. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's flying out. It's amazing when you, you know, it's, it's called a, a universal, I call it a universal lattice. Yeah. You send a thought out and the head, uh, you know, what we tend to do, you, we got, you, where you're sat, you'll be surrounded by electricity because you've got plugs in there, you've got light, we've obviously got something going on, otherwise we won't be having this conversation now over the internet. Yeah. But, but in, in your house, you've got light bulbs and... When you press the light, even though we can't see electricity, it, we know it exists because an energy emits from it. it mm. You know, it, 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 we, the, you turn the light switch on, light comes on, and so the the energy from from within doesn't stay inside the light bulb. Right. So, uh, I don't, you know, it's the same with the thought. You send the thoughts out, electrical impulses. Yeah. You know, the energy doesn't stay inside the head. It, it, it transmits from every aspect of the body, and it's amazing how this thing works, where you can be thinking about contacting somebody, or you got somebody in thought next thing, they give you a bell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll just be thinking about you, or, you know, you, <laughs> Jeff, you, you know you, you're you about this PDF file now coming from Jeff Thompson, which is brilliant. You know, it's it's there. It's amazing what we can do. The, the humans are... Uh, yeah, we're untapped at times. I think we... I think we limit uh, ourselves, don't we? We definitely limit ourselves, whether that's our mindset or our physical ability. We are we, we do limit ourselves, don't we, in a lot of things? Yeah. And I know, you know, a past, a past really, can who, we, who, we, who we're involved with, who we, who we associate with, you know, they can all be... Yeah. Know, they can all be... They're like a social vampire, you know, you can't do, and the ones that, that what, tell that you you can't what, do. That was what led me to Jeff Thompson before, that was the link that he, I've been reading a lot recently from Jeff Thompson talking about um, looking at your, your palate and your diet, but not just the diet that you eat, the diet that you process through your information that you gather, and it's, it's a, I've never thought of it like that before, the diet of the information that you, you're taking on board. Yeah, it's a muscle, isn't it? Yeah. It's a muscle, and it's the one that you know, I know you're into martial arts, Dave, and sports, and it, it's it, it's a wonderful, the wonderful platforms. But you know, when you were when you were competing, the game didn't start when you when you got there. It started two or three days prior to, and the night before, or a couple of nights before, you've been thinking about it. You created it, and from that, you start to generate feelings from inside your body. 
mm-hmm. but yet the future doesn't exist. And it's all because of the pictures you got, the thoughts that you had in your head, which therefore ultimately drive certain specific emotions. Yeah. And you create, you're thinking about the future, and it don't exist. It's not. <laughs> we're going to be careful what we think about, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, of course. So people are going to be hopefully listening to this, Keith, and they're going to be like, already they're going to be buzzing. They're going to be thinking, wow, this is an interesting conversation. But yeah, they don't know anything about you. Yeah? So would you mind briefly just giving us a bit of a, a background on yourself, where you were brought up, up to up to present day? How long we got, Dave? <laughs> Thank you. I've got some miles on the clock here. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a lad off a council estate that we didn't have a great deal. We didn't want a lot, but neither did we have a lot. And my mum and dad are hard, were hard workers. My dad was a builder, bricky. My mum was a mill worker. And, uh, you know, I cut my teeth through. I cut my, well, I said I cut my teeth. It was... It was a great upbringing for me. I, obviously, we, it was the only upbringing I had, so I can't refer or compare it with anything else. And uh, when I left school, I, 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 football was in my blood. My dad was actually, he was karate, oh, nice. uh, judo. My mum, no interest in football other than the pair of them had just come and watch. My dad couldn't kick a cow's backside. You know, pretty useless, really. Not really a good athlete as such. So I didn't have any model from from something to look forward to where you can get, you know, if kids are out there, they tend to follow the family, the dads, the mums, wherever sport, wherever they're involved in. Yeah. And uh, I just got myself our football and really didn't have any, I didn't have any calling for it other than, I know my dad didn't play, my mum didn't do anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I just played and I was naturally very, very, I said talented. I think that's probably an overuse of being a Billy Big Bro. I found the ball reasonably comfortable with me yeah. and vice versa. So I I got involved in in uh, in playing competitively. I was an apprentice pro at Bolton Wanderers many, many years ago. Where did you go on? Sorry, Wigan. Was it Wigan? Was it Bolton Wanderers? I was at Bolton Wanderers as an apprentice professional. Right. So, so like Sir Peter Reid, uh, Sam Allardyce, uh, and, and, and many others, but they were in that cohort of professional players playing the first team. I wasn't, I didn't play in the first team there. And then I moved from uh, Bolton to Wigan. I was a young pro at Wigan Athletic. And I, I just, I got injured. You know, I just found the game particularly quite challenging. The game grew out to me a little bit. It wasn't for anything other than my desire was great, but I think I was probably too eager. I was extra, as I reflect back now, as I talk about it, I was very eager. You know, I'd do anything that was necessary to make things work for me legally. I don't drink and neither do I smoke, but I was extremely tense. You know, I think I had the, uh, I don't know whether there's an element of imposter syndrome. I didn't know what it, I didn't even know what it meant that, but it, I think there was an element of that where you, I was capable, felt I was, but yet you batter your hell, you batter the hell out of yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, after the performance, I could never be comfortable with it because I wanted to to be the best, do my best, and it's not always possible. I think what we're going to do is put it to put things into perspective. Mm-hmm. So at the age of eighteen, you know, I remember this so clearly now. I remember uh, I'm sat in my room upstairs and I'm looking at the wall. And I, and I thought, crikey, you know, 
if anybody can lock unlock what's actually in the human brain and unlock the potential of what's what what the brain is capable of doing then you, you'll do very well in life and so it, it just led me down a path the doors opened there and then and it led me down a path of finding out more about personal development right you know the human brain and its capacity to learn and you know the the, the power of positive thinking uh, i remember you know, I'm, I'm sort of moving forward a bit and then I'll, I'll sort of give a backstory behind it. But I, I bought, I never, I could barely read or write when I left school. And I found it not challenging because my interests were football. You know, I, I was going to be a professional footballer, nothing else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then when you get it, and I did, I got injured. Or maybe I wasn't good enough, Dave. That's my excuse. I wasn't good enough. I, I then potted off to the States, uh, got an opportunity to go out there. And I went to college out there. 1981, and then 82, I became a national champion. I was, you have co-captains, you know, over here we have a captain. I think we've got, in football, we've got 11 captains or 14 <laughs> captains, but you you don't have two captains on a football pitch. Right. Uh, particularly when you're going up and doing the, you know, you're going over to the referee and he's flicking the coin and you're getting two heads and the other fellow says tails, where you're, you're in a right bloody place, but... That's what they did in the States. So I was a co-captain of a, a university <clears throat> and uh, we won a national championship, which was wonderful for me. And then I, I got offered scholarships to, to go out to other universities, uh, four-year universities. So the college I went to was two-year and uh, I got numerous opportunities to, to go out, stay, and I decided upon it. I didn't want to, but I did buy a book. And uh, when I say I could barely read or write, it was literally, it was when I left school, it was to, uh, eh, the. Yeah. To, My mum and dad said, can you say it fast? I said, It was literally like that. And, but again, it was a choice to, you know, I found it embarrassing, you know, at times where I remember going down to the, to the local uh, scout hut, and I went with my next door neighbour. He said, "Come on down." So I did do, and I, I, I quite liked those green jumpers that they were, and yeah. their little shorts. And I, I was stood in the line, and the fella came over to me. He said, "What's your name?" So I told him, yeah, "Keith Mayer." He said, "How do you spell Mayer?" And I just kept saying, "Mayer, <laughs> Mayer." I was trying to force Mayer. Yeah, I couldn't spell my name. I couldn't spell it. The next door neighbour spelt it for me, and I don't know whether he got it right or not. <laughs> so I decided that's probably my, my first and last time I'm going to be in the scouthood. I didn't go again, but that stuck in my head for a period of time, and it was it was an embarrassment. But then, as I as I moved along, you know, I got to college. I got offered this opportunity. I turned it down. I came back, but then what do I do? You know, it's football or what else? My dad. <laughs> My dad was a builder, so I got involved in doing a little bit of that. But then I got into football coaching. And, uh, you know, back early in the 80s, it was, it was about 80, yeah, it was 82. I got what was called the the prelim. It's now classed as the level two, FA level two course. Yeah. <clears throat> so I got, I got involved in coaching and then that was it. Uh, the lights literally switched on. <laughs> and my career path has taken me down, you know, it's taken me to six continents of the planet. I've been very fortunate to 
you know, to travel with Manchester United on a, a pre-season tour in 2012. To went to South Africa, went to uh, Durban, travelled to Cape Town, then went to Shanghai. Nothing to do with the first team, so I don't want to get any Billy Big or anything like that. I, I, I was with the first team. They are yeah. on the same chartered plane. And basically all I was doing is uh, helping with other members of United staff, three full-time members of the staff. They brought me in as a consultant to develop coach education and uh, coaching schools in, in, in South Africa and in China. Nice. So from a land that couldn't, could barely read and write. Uh, I then got myself involved in into coaching. I've since, in 1984, uh, I passed uh, what was called the full badge. It's the highest coaching qualification that we had back then. I was one of the youngest in the country to to attain it. I failed it in '84, and then you get off. You know, you get a, you get a good kick, and it was a kick up the ass. To uh, you know, you either take failure or you it's just feedback. And yeah, I decided to you know, this is what I want. And in '85, I I passed, uh, and it was a it was wonderful. It then opened up other opportunities for me then to go over to the states, which put more value added, put a little <laughs> bit of stock value on because I could not charge more. I got more <coughs> more money. I'm referring to, but actually more more value, more things were coming into my life because I'm, I'm starting to, excuse me, <coughs> because I started to create an interest. Mm-hmm. Now, I refer to that, you know, you, you start sending out messages and it, I'm not referring to, you know, it's how you, it's how you conduct yourself, Dave. You know, you, if you, the, I call it hidden school, the hidden school, I call it hidden school. Now I didn't know what was going on back then, but you never know where the next opportunity is coming. I know. You know, no. if, you have a, if you have a closed mindset, which I did have, by the way, I mean, you, I, I sit here now in my, in my, in my living room and I'm, I'm quite comfortable with who I am. Back then I'm wrestling, trying to find a place in life, yeah. trying to find what avenue I'm going to go down and trying to find, you know, uh, a sufficient amount of contact base so that you you can you can knock on a door and generate some incomes and I, I'm quite comfortable in who I am now. But back then you wouldn't get me ego in your house. You wouldn't get me. You wouldn't get me ego where I live <laughs> in the town I live because it, it, I knew everything. Uh, I thought until you start coming across exemplars and yeah. people who are. Worldly wise, and you, you did you have to be like that to become the person you are today, though? Did you have to Sorry? go? Through, did you have to go through that process though to become the person you are today? It's a good question. I don't know because it, it was what it was. Mm-hmm. I think you had to go down and have it. If I wasn't, you know, that we've got we've got junctions to take now. We go down a path in life, and if I hadn't done this, I don't know what I'd have done. I'd have done something else. I think yeah. we'd just. It just what it it is what it is. I think if we start to send out, you know, the uh, you're sending when I when I refer to sending out messages, you're just building up a contact base. You're building up, you know, a little bit of experience. I had no references other than I knew back then I didn't have as many people in my life that would want to help me, and I and I think that probably be down to my character. Yeah, and I reflect back because of that perception of. 
I'm giving off. I know everything, and that's my perception. Might not have been, but you know, I was, I was a bit. No, I was a bit of a loner. I no. still am. In, you know, I'm still under this isolation that we're currently. I've loved it. <laughs> I guess I've been prepping myself for so 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 many years to to live quite easily in your own company. Yeah, uh, I must admit. I, sorry to interrupt you, but it's something I've spoke to me, my parents about. They've been asking like, how you're coping in isolation and that. And to a certain degree, I am quite comfortable in my house with my wife and my dog. I don't. There's not a lot else that I really need. So. In terms of isolation, I'm quite happy sat in my house with my own company, my own thoughts, whereas a lot of people do struggle with that, don't they? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'm i sure many are really, really subtle. I'm, I've got a great family. I'm like yourself. I've got my son, my daughter, who represents, she's in the armed forces, and I've got my, my little Bessie May just to my right-hand side, and I'm just happy with it, as long as we don't want a lot. I think that's one of the things that we found recently is that because of the lockdown, because of the isolation, you, you've got to you, you've got to be comfortable with who you are, which which I am. But it it just resonates that we don't need a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, we're wanters. We <laughs> we're hunter gatherers. If we haven't got one packet of bog roll, we want fifteen of them. And <laughs> you know, I don't know whether you can eat them. I don't know whether somebody's got some type of a they're on the inn, but I don't know what that was all about. And, you know, it's greed. We're, we're animals of greed and we do need to survive for sure. But it's just given me that, you know, another an extra thought process and depth to understand that we don't need anything. We don't need a lot. We need warmth. And I'm referring to warmth in regards to just, you know, the physical warmth, you know, you, if you need to put some a fire on, you got the fire, but you also need to have other warmth, and that comes from an emotional warmth from other people. Because we're, the, the, we, we require, or we, we need certain human needs, and there are six of them, there might be more, but six of them, and one of them is, we just need to feel as though we're contributing towards something, either yeah. to ourself, of which we, we can do. If we, if we contribute in negativity, negativity fills into us. If you want to think about something else, then something else comes in. Mm-hmm. So we need to contribute towards, you know, uh, uh, either a charity or some form of contribution towards itself where we're, where we're, we're gaining something. The other thing is we need to, we need to know we're growing. Right. You know, growth in, in terms of a self. You know, you're growing as a person because if you don't, you die. Yeah. So is that, in all, is that in all aspects of life, everything, emotionally, physically, mentally, growth? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Uh, you do, yeah. And, and, and in around that, what we require is elements of significance. People need to, no matter who you are, no matter what we do, we just need to feel as, you know, you're doing something or you're contributing towards somebody else's significance, where there's a bit of a tap on the back. Oh, well, listen, Dave, that's brilliant. Well done. Yeah. We all need it. it it's, this is in, it's a human need. Yeah. And the others are, you know, you just need to have a bit of spice of life, uncertainty and not knowing what's coming next. You know, yeah. you're going to jump out of an aeroplane, you don't, you definitely don't know what's coming next, <laughs> other than it gives you the thrill. Yeah. But, you, but uncertainty and these uncertain times are, I just, they're excited. Because yeah. even though I don't know what's coming next, it's, it's a thought that, well, I can create the future in my own mind. Uh, you know, in, in, in terms of what, what is possible for me. Yeah. With the spheres that I work in and around the people I surround myself with. So it, it's, 
And then the other new human is we just need love. You know, you need to contribute. You need to give love. You need to you need to experience that. And I'm not referring to, you know, flowers in the mouth. Yeah, yeah, it's connection. We need to be connected, and that's what's brought it home for me. This. Yeah, there's one thing with the you say uncertainty. There's a quote that I, I've I've come across quite a lot often, and uh, it's by Tony Robbins, and he says that the the quality of your life is directly proportionate to the amount of uncertainty in your life that you can handle. So if we're not very good at handling change or uncertainty, we're going to have a pretty stressful life. Whereas if we can embrace it and look at the things that we can control, we need uncertainty, don't we? We need, and you'll have a good quality of life if you can handle it. Correct. Correct. I, I referred to a book earlier, Dave. I didn't mention what it was. So I'll be all over the place, but then we'll aim to tidy up, I think, some yeah. of the loose ends. I, I bought a book in 1982, and... When I say it changed my life, it changed my perspective. When I go back to when I was 18 and I'm looking on the wall and thinking, how, do you, how can you actually help to, you know, anybody can unlock the potential of a human soul, particularly my own, because I think what we do is we look for external drives, somebody that can help us. Well, actually, if I don't start with someone else, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It, it, you, we might need the stimulus, but what we've got to do is you've got to drive yourself. We've got to look towards yourself. There's only me that wants to get out of bed in the morning. You yeah. want to be a lazy bug, you stay in bed and then wallow and think about what I could have done and didn't do. And they're getting their bit. They're, they're gaining and moving on in life. Well, it's a choice. And so 18 years of age, there I am. What can I do? Often I go away, I go to the States, I buy a book. The book, and as I said, I, I could barely read or write when I left school. I've got a library of books now because I drove myself to want to read. I drove myself to want to learn. And the book was called The Magic of Thinking Big by Dr. David Schwartz. And I didn't read it once. I read it three or four times and it became quite a, a, a significant, played a significant part in the person that I am today. And, and there have been many books as a, you know, as, a, as, a, as a consequence of reading that. It then took me down other paths and other avenues and, you know, really wanted to, to find more and more and more about the human psyche. How do we develop as a human being? But equally, it was helping me. Yeah. I think what we do is we see something that we want, to, we want to achieve, you know, and then we want to be like them. Well, no, you can only be the best person of yourself. The rest, best representation of anyone is of yourself. Yeah, we look in the mirror and think, you know, I want to make change. Well, yeah, yeah, you can't make change in others first. You're going to make change in yourself first. Definitely. So that book, that book definitely helped me, and it's an important. It's played an important part. And you mentioned Tony Robbins, which, you know, is a, a personal performance uh, coach, of which I've spent quite a lot of time around. In actual fact, right? Yeah, in 1999. I, there are other things. I don't know. We're going off all over the place here. But 1999, I go down to. He, he runs a program called UPW, uh, Unleash the Power Within. Right. Uh, Tony Robbins. I, I think he's about six foot seven. He's a huge, huge guy. Yeah. Big unit. Big unit. And and I, I and I'm on the steps uh, where it was at Cardiff, and I'm on the steps waiting to get in. I'm looking at all these. I mean, there are hundreds, hundreds of people trying to get in. And when the doors came open, it was like a stampede. I thought, what's this all? I'm not, you know, I'm not rushing to jump in. Are they, all, are they running to go to the toilet? What, what the hell's going on? So <laughs> I went in and, <coughs> excuse me, it was a Friday night. I'm looking to my left and right. I've got 
I've got a couple of suits. I've gone, re- you know, casually smart. And I, got, I looked to my right, and, I, and this fella got a tie, and I looked to my left, and another fella got a tie, and I thought, Christ, am I underdressed, overdressed? <laughs> and then you know, everybody's, when the music kicks in, which it does, they tend to get that, they build an atmosphere. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, there's, I'm looking to my left and right, and, and, and they're sat down, and I'm not getting up, because I'm not really one of them. I have to be comfortable and, and there are people on chairs clapping and dancing. I thought, what the hell is going on here? Uh, but, you know, I felt it was like a bit of a culty type thing. It, it, it wasn't. Yeah. When you actually let loose, it's my perspective and perceptions again. You know, that guardedness of I want to be in control. I need to be in, in control. And we're always in control. So, yeah. yeah, but a wonderful, wonderful experience. Part of, my, again, my one of the puzzles of my life, one of the dots that have been filled is to, is to seek out and, uh, you know, find what I believe to be very, very good people to help help me develop me that can fill in the void. And you never know until you've experienced it. When you ask the question, as it shaped me earlier around, you know, my development, you just do what you do and you do, you, if I would, we're working in the space we're given and all I do is just work in the space that I'm given and one way or the other, it's onwards and upwards and you let roadblocks, but then you can either, you know, just bloody hell, you know, give in uh, or, or you keep moving. And my choice is currently is to keep moving. Keep moving. You've touched on a few things there, Keith, that are going to, are going to segue nicely into what I want to talk about next, but you, you spoke about perspective uh, the fact that you're a little bit of a loner and books. And um, I was, I had the pleasure of working alongside you and watching you deliver in a, in a program that we did at HMP Liverpool at Walton Prison. You know, we did Sheridan and Former Forces Support. And one of the things that stuck with me about that, that project was when you were delivering, you spoke about perspective and you used an analogy of a boxing ring and how each judge in a boxing match sits on each, a different side of the ring so each judge effectively watches a different fight but yet it's the same fight happening in the ring but each judge has a different perspective from each side of the ring that they see and that's about like using your perspective obviously everyone's watching the same fight but depending on what angle you look at it you can have a different perspective and that really stuck with me um so i just wanted to let you know that that's something that has really stuck with me since we did that project yeah yeah. It was a, yeah, it was very, that was an interesting one. A very, very, very fulfilling experience was that, Dave. Yeah, it certainly was, yeah. 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 And the next thing, so that's, that brings us on nicely to the fact that you, you class yourself as a little bit of a loner. And one thing I wanted to talk to you about today, uh, you, you've, you've written a, a best selling book. I did, after speaking to you the other day, I went and bought the book on Kindle. So I've been reading through it. Currently up to chapter four, the the motivation aspect of it. But it does start with an interesting story about the lone wolf. Mm. So I don't know if you'd like to tell us a little bit about your book, Keith. Uh, Yeah, so uh, I co-authored a book called How to Become a More Effective Coach Quickly. It's called Goldust, How to Become a More Effective Coach Quickly with my son. And... I started to write a book 15, well, 16, nearly 16 years ago, and I couldn't get past the first chapter. 
I'm trying to justify to myself. I didn't get into the content. It was just an introductory uh, paragraph, and it took me months to try to put it. You know, what, what, do I change this word or that word? You know, I, I wasn't ready for it. But then, in May of last year, uh, I was in London. I'm coming out, of, coming out, coming back from London. In fact, it's on the 18th of this month. It's 12 months ago. So I'm travelling back via train, coming back north. My son, who lives in the States, was heading back to back to the States, and I, I rang him up just as he landed at Heathrow Airport, and I, I said, uh, you know, just checking in, and I said, I'm going to write a book. Mm-hmm. And without hesitation, he said, <laughs> "I'll help you," uh, and and that that was it. So, you know, the the lone wolf came into it, and it came in it chapter one. Yeah, and I'll tell you the story about it. Uh, you know that that was it was an experience. I've been coached just over three decades back then. You know, I think what we have, we have perspective around and perceptions around how things should, how you intervene, how we organise things, how we communicate to athletes, how we communicate to ourselves. We're internal dialogue, this this self-talk that we speak about quite readily, but I'm not sure many are are, are aware of it. Mm -hmm. You're in your car and you're at at a T-junction and you're on your own. And we say we don't talk to ourselves. Well, you need to, if you didn't talk to yourself, you did, there was no self-talk, you'd still be sat there because you wouldn't be moving. It's a process of thinking. So you've got to move at some point, but what you're doing is you're registering information. Looking left, nothing coming. Looking right, you know, I'm going, then it's time to go. Well, that's self-talk. So my self-talk battered the heck out of me. You know, you know, 16 years ago, I couldn't do this. Uh, or maybe I have to make change or I'm not happy with it. So I started the book. The Lone Wolf story was about a young boy who, who I came across, never spoke, doesn't talk at all, doesn't look you in the eye at all. And for me, you know, I just, if I'm talking, I want somebody to look at me in the eye, but in actual fact, understanding language, when people are actually not looking at you, yeah. And you're asking them the question, the processing information. They're trying to find, find they're trying and get the information from mm-hmm. a file in the brain. So they're processing, you know, they, they call eye assessing cues. So the movement of their eyes. So I've asked questions and this lad doesn't even look at me looking on the deck. <laughs> so uh, it was it was December and one December, this young boy's come in, he's come on trial Uh as you know, I, I coach at a, a very large football academy in the northwest, uh, a football academy, and this lad's coming on trial, and I, I didn't know him. He'd been in, he'd been in the place for nine on three months, Dave, and I didn't know him properly. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to engage. I've got other bodies, other people that we need to, other players that we need to, to work with. So I didn't have the time. Neither did they have the, I say inclination. It just missed me because he was that quiet. If he didn't come to training, you just wouldn't know he were there. Yeah. You get others who are on, you know, you'll get people who are coming into your dojo, into your gym, and you think, ah, Johnny's not there or Susan's not there. But you know they're not there because, you know, they're, they're like your key athletes. Yeah. The ones that just go under the radar, they are, this lad was one of those. So I got, I got to 
I got to co- I contacted I contacted his parents and via phone Christmas just one Christmas and I I'd never spoke to his mum and she was big you know very gregarious very lively <laughs> didn't know who it was I introduced myself and you know introduced myself to the the, the dad I'd met so yeah. anyway I uh, I said listen uh, nice Christmas yes I was I was his name is John. I was John. Great, he's had a good Christmas. I said, before you put him on the phone, can you tell me how many other children have you got in the family? And she got that there are four. And John was a twin. I, I didn't know he was the youngest, eldest, but I asked the question: Is the youngest, eldest? Where is he? Where is in the in in the uh, in the age in comparison? And he was the baby. Yeah. And the light bulb moment came after the following question. I said, well, you know, he's a twin, he's the baby. And his mum actually said, yeah, I said, he's very quiet, isn't he? She said, yeah. She said, because his sister, his twin sister does all the talking for him in school. Right. And that was a light bulb moment for me. So there I am trying to force feed, trying to fix this young lad. In actual fact, he just lived quite, he lived very comfortable in his own silence. Mm-hmm. Didn't need fixing. He was comfortable in himself. So as coaches, we're going out there to fix things. When actual fact, all we need to do is we need to live in silence. My my self talk, which I mentioned earlier, yeah. I just needed to settle down. I need to calibrate and just register what was happening in front of me to make sure he he, a, he wasn't getting bullied and he, he definitely wasn't getting bullied. And the lads loved him even though he never said anything. Right. So anyway, she put him on the phone. Uh, I said, is he there? Yeah, it puts him on the phone. I had no idea where this was going, Dave, at all. Because he never spoke. He just never, you know, if you said, hello, morning, how are you? Oh, good afternoon, how are you? All he'd do is grunt. You know, like teenagers do. He just grunted, uh, which I guess was part, you know, that was part of the norm. But then when I asked him the question, I said, uh, have you had a nice Christmas? And he, he acknowledged it's the first time they actually said anything to me. He said, yes, thank you. And I, went, I had the phone. <laughs> and I, I took it away and I thought, crikey. And then, and then he came out with a question. And it floored me. It literally, it, I felt a, a rush of emotion. I asked him, I said, look, do you have a nice Christmas? Yes, thank you. Did you, have you had a nice Christmas? <laughs> I, and now that might not sound a lot but that was massive for me because I used to think coaching was and is about providing information from a technical standpoint of how to improve a performance mm-hmm. so you're looking at the, the technical proficiency you know we're not really too where I work we're not really too phased about the tactical stuff at this point it comes into the academy as they get older, and, it, and we do get involved with it. We do touch on it, but very not as not as prevalent because we, it, the, one of the key skills is become very proficient when you're in possession of a football. Right. Where when you if you if you're actually one to one stuff, which is what you're, you you're going to be proficient with yourself first, and then beyond that, you then have to start to manipulate somebody's position. You're manipulating somebody to get them into a position, so you're in control. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, it it's false pretense. You're getting them, you're getting them off balance, and then 
to take control. And in football, we, we want them to be controlled in the body and the ball uh, rather than thinking about, you know, tactical stuff, where you should be, where you should be standing. It's important. We know that. But at this point, this lad, uh, this lad asked me a question and it, it, it floored me. It, it was, this is a psychosocial stuff. And that's what our book's about. Mm-hmm. Goldust, Goldust, how to become a more effective coach is not about X's and O's, where you should be, technicals, it's not. It's a psychosocial book. It's about how you interact and how we connect with human beings. But you see, <clears throat> what we do is we want to work with the athlete first. Now, that's the, the syntax isn't quite right for me now. The syntax, the order is you, to, to actually help the athlete first, you're going to get to know the person. Yeah. And that and and so the goal uh, the uh, the lone wolf story of me talking interacting with a young boy and then we had him on uh, we had him on 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 uh, loudspeaker so his mum could hear as well and his dad what was taking place is this lad's actually asking me questions <clears throat> and I, now that might not sound a lot to some but I'm going when we're in front of people you know you're a bit you're a big tall unit. And you might be intimidating to some, you know, young lads or young girls. Yeah. The intention's not that way, but it's perception. Mm-hmm. So he was more comfortable with me not being physically there. So he, his platform was being able to communicate over the telephone. Right, yeah. He, he felt more comfortable. I think that's my, perce- that's my thoughts. Might be wrong. <clears throat> but equally... Because he didn't talk a great, I didn't talk a great deal. What I, what I, and I, I could, it could have gone belly up. This one, we went on a tour. We go on tournaments. We we travel a little bit, and uh, we stay over. And I, I wanted to ask. I did do. I, I said, "Can you write?" And I, it could, if it had said no, I'd have been. Well, I, I'd have had to. Yeah, it, quite, it would have been. Can you draw? Yeah. Can you draw pictures then? And 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 I, I was ready for it, but I was hoping he could. Anyway, he said yes, I could. So. We go down to uh, Warwick University on a tour. It's a Premier League tournament. And we've got the rooms set. So all the rooms are set. We know who's going in where. And I put him in a, in a room where the lad would be very similar to him, quiet. You know, they wouldn't be, they'd be comfortable. He's comfortable in his presence, yeah. comfortable with the other lad. And the other lad's comfortable with, with John. That was interesting, that actually, Keith. Sorry to interrupt you. When I was reading that chapter, it was interesting, the, the dynamic. You put him in the room with a lad who wouldn't, wouldn't like dominate him in terms of being the, the alpha male in that room. Yeah. That was interesting that, yeah, as, as you had to work out the dynamic, who he would be comfortable with, with rooming with, yeah. Uh, and, and that's been the same for when you're actually coaching. You're working in a dojo, you're working in gyms. Do you match them up? I know sometimes you just ma- we match them up because of the numbers. Sometimes we need to challenge them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we need to, we need to have a, a level of differentiation. So you might have a bigger than a little one. And the little ones, as you know, are going to deal with a big one. Yeah, yeah. With it. It's only when the little man syndrome starts growing out and they start physically growing, or you can have a big in and a big in, or you can have a little, you can have somebody who's tall and somebody who's, who's equally tall but, but bigger, physically bigger. Yeah. You, you can have the, the quick ones and the slow ones, and the, the slow ones need to adapt very quickly. So, differentiation is massively important, but I don't know how much thought goes into that. Mm-hmm. It's important in terms of the long term development of the person and then the athlete. Right. So he could, he, he, he would do anything to, to please. 
I asked him, could he write? He did. I said, well, look, I want you to get, can you now get the, uh, the room numbers and the names of all the boys where they're going? I, know, I knew it. We'd already set it out. And within five, ten minutes at max, he put a little piece of paper under my door and I've already got it. Could, I'm just giving him, I'm giving him responsibility. That's really what it is. The other thing which is important, Dave, on this lone wolf was he never, he never looked you in the eye. Now, where he was from, culturally, it's a, it's a, it, it really is a sign of disrespect for where he's from to look people in the eye, to look adults in the eye, not look people in the eye. Yeah, okay. And me getting to understand more of that was mm-hmm. great. Now, you know, he, he's, he, uh, so that, that's a little bit of backstory of the, the long world. But really, the, the most important learning lesson from my perspective was he didn't know, and neither did I at the time, but certainly when I reflect back, reflect now, is he was actually teaching me. So the young boy teaching me, yeah. not that I can't be taught anything, but it tends to be I have to be in charge. In actual fact, he was in charge because he was comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I was, my intentions were right. I, didn't do, I think there's an element of naive innocence from my perspective. You know, I'll, I'll help him. I'm doing my best and I want to. Yeah. But I actually had to get to know him a little bit more. And I, I found, you know, that I call it the lone wolf, silent whisperer, but lone, lone wolf because it reflects onto me and what I'm about, what I do. And you mentioned about isolation. I'm very comfortable with it, but you know, the, the lone wolf and it's actually me. The right. lone wolf was me. Uh, you know, I know you, we need a power of a pack and you need to be the leader of your own family and be, take charge when given responsibility to do so. Mm-hmm. Say yes and mean it and say no and mean it, but stand up for what's right. And, it grounded me. Yeah. It grounded me. And it, it's so uh, the first chapter in the book is it means a lot. Uh, and I, I'm not ashamed in or even, you know, I'm not embarrassed to share it with you. When I got off the phone with that young fellow, I had a, I had a moment, I, I, you know, I had to, I welled up a bit. And, yeah. and even though I thought balls, bibs, cones, grass, players, that's it. Uh, and it is, it's important, it is important, but that out of all my years of coaching, and I've 37 years of it now, was probably the most powerful, most powerful experience I've ever had. Yeah. In terms of my reflections and, and how I, how I do, uh, you know, how I work. Uh, and it's the foundation for most of it now, although mm-hmm. the, the other aspects are important as well, the tactical and technical bits. So for people who are interested in going out and reading more about the book, it, it instead of it being from a, like you say, a tactical or a skills standpoint, it's about people, isn't it? It's about understanding connection, understanding rapport, building rapport, building trust, all those things, isn't it? It is, because if we fail to do that, everything comes under this. Every, when I say everything comes under this, I'm referring to everything comes under rapport, connection. If we fail to do that, then we struggle. So in every relationship, whenever you feel as you, if we reflect back now, you know, a good friend of ours, Dave Sheridan, you know, you, you know, if you, if you don't like somebody, uh, you've known Dave a lot longer than I have. And I've become very friendly with Dave, but if you didn't get along with him, you wouldn't be associated with him. So what tends to happen? 
and the reason why you get along with him is we tend to be like people. We tend to like people who are like us mm-hmm. through the values, beliefs, and even how they interact. So what will happen is if you if you if you're in the presence of someone and you know you, you don't know why you like them, you just do. Our unconscious mind will less critically analyze them. Doesn't mean you'll agree with what they're doing, Dave. It just means you'll less critically analyze. You'll less critically analyze both the content and them. You just get along with them. Yeah. Now, on the flip of that, whoever's in front of us, if they, they might have the best content, it must be. It might be brilliant content. What what they've got in terms of knowledge and understanding of a subject could be absolutely outstanding. But because because uh, because they don't connect with us or we don't connect with them. Our, our conscious mind critically analyzes the individual. Nice. The content's brilliant. So it doesn't matter what they say, we shut down. So the book is about, you know, the power of connection. And the what we have is there are other, we, we're 12 chapters in there, and there are 11 exemplars from different areas, different disciplines. We got Justin Albrook, the uh, yeah, the ex-Centellins rugby league coach is in there. We've got a guy called Kevin Harper, who's a two-time Muay Thai world champion, mm-hmm. ex-teacher. And, they get, and, and all these people, we've got Darren Moore, who's the, he was a Premier League manager. Uh, West Brom, he's now Donny Rovers. And there are many others in there. There's Ryan May, who's the head of coaching at Aston Villa, and Richard Dobson who's the first team coach and assistant manager at Wicker Wonders. And every single one of them, and forgive me for those that I forgot, well, not forgotten the names, there's Vicky Jepson from Liverpool Football Club, uh, Peter Sturgis, who works for the FA, and yeah. many, many others that have contributed towards the book. They've all, they're all field experts. Every single one of them were asked the same question. Every single one of them. We, I followed a, I say I, we, we followed a, a protocol in asking the same questions of every single one, so we got a consistency of the, of of a, of a pattern. Yeah. What What's the first thing you do when you meet somebody new? And they all came back with similar. And and once you so once you've met somebody there, what's the first thing you do? Well, I shake their hand. Well, we won't be shaking hands for a long time. Yeah. Uh, we don't hug them, but there'll be some type of engagement taking place. Yeah. So what we can do is using language now is, and you're doing it very well. Uh, you you're aligning to and acknowledging certain comments that are being made. You're using the same words that are used. It's either mirroring or parroting. You can mirror, parrot, or copy things. Mm-hmm. So you can pace and lead, and you know just. But it is about connecting. If we use similar language, so you know, let, if I ask you, let me ask you a question. Uh, you, you like, you, you obviously like martial arts, Dave. Yeah. Any specific martial art? At the moment, uh, what I'm really concentrating on is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I've done martial arts quite a bit growing up, karate, kickboxing. But at the moment, all my energy is um, into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So you've done uh, multi-disciplines. You've you, you done karate, you've done judo, you've done then the, you'd, Brazilian martial arts, Brazilian yeah. Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, which is great. So all I've done by asking the question is I've opened a file up in your brain, mm-hmm. and you've gone and found the information. I don't know what it is, and then basically all I've done is 
copied pretty much what you said. Yeah. To get some sort of compliance and agreement. And it doesn't mean that, so you'll be going, yeah, 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 he's listening to me. Yeah. Because I've asked the question. Now, all I've done is open the file up in the brand. Now, if I, if I ask another question, like, what is it like about uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? You'll give me a story. You'll tell me the. You'll give me some information. Yeah. And if I'm listening to it, if I'm listening for the story, or I'm listening to the story, completely different things. Right. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? I can. So if you if if I'm asking you a question, and I'm listening to the story, I'm actually listening with intent. If I'm listening for the story, I actually might be telling you something that I want you to know. Right. So I'm giving you information that you, I, no, you're not listening to me. <laughs> so, for example, you know, you like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Dave? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like Jiu-Jitsu. What is it you like about uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Um, the fact that you can control another person without hurting them. Okay. Uh, you've got dogs as well, haven't you? You got a dog. You got a dog there, haven't you? Yeah, Alsatian cross. Yeah, Alsatian dog. And what are you doing later today? Probably go in the gym for a little bit. I've got some weights in my garage, so we'll uh, we'll go in the gym and do some stuff. What I've done, I've derailed the conversation. Right. So I'm giving you an example of de I've derailed you, really. I'm not. I've done it purposely. All over the place. Yeah, yeah. All over the place. You go, well, what's the bloody dog going to do with it? And then what's this going to do with the conversation? If I'm actually listening for the story. Sorry, listening to the story. I'm actually listening to you. Why do you like Brazilian mm. Jiu-Jitsu? And then I'm going to acknowledge and then some, say something in relation to it, right, which, okay, which yeah. shows, shows there's an affinity to it, shows there's a keen interest to find out from my perspective. So when you like listening to somebody, they tend to share with you a little bit of, you know, they share commonality. It sounds like they're, you're mirroring them. It sounds like, well, I like this guy because they're talking mm. the same language. Yeah. When somebody derails it, they're actually not, I'm not listening for it. You mm -hmm. know, I'm, I'm actually taking you somewhere else. Now, there's places where you do that. Yeah. What you're doing is you're, you're pacing and leading. So I'm pacing you. So all I'm doing is calibrating and finding out what you like, copying what you're saying, and then trying to get some sort of connection. Because as coaches, we, we feel like is it, lots of it is coach-led. You're in charge. You've got all the knowledge, and you're going to give them what you're going to have them. They're going to have the knowledge, whether they like it or not. Yeah. And that's force feeding. Now, I'm not saying you, we don't have to do that. We have to take them down a path. But the easier the transition, the easier the passage of that time is that we spend with them, is by paying attention to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They'll want to come back. They'll, they'll, it's like you've got a real good close connection with them because it. You show an interest in them, but you're actually listening to them. So if yeah. I go to my, you know, I go, I get, you know, I work at Liverpool Football Academy part time, and what I'll do is my office, as the lads are coming through the uh, into the academy building, that's my office there. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a chair, it's not a sit, it's not a desk. It's I sit. That's where I stand. <laughs> some some of the coaches might be out in the astroturf. Some of them might be in the changing room. And then they go and get the lads when they. Now that's my when they come in. I want you know they're coming in and yeah. I'm the first face they might see outside of 
outside of school, outside of maybe the taxi driver. Uh, that actually, and I'm genuine. It's a genuine, you know. Hey, come here. What have you been doing today? Yeah, we've been doing swimming, or we've been doing English, or we've been doing which they all love. They like the PE. We got one lad who loves history. <laughs> got one lad who loves he loves history. And I, and I'm mad keen because I don't. I have no. I couldn't tell you. I don't got a bloody clue about history. Yeah, but I genuinely have an interest in <coughs> in wanting to find out about him mm-hmm. because it gets me. It it, it it takes away some of the onion uh, peels. It, it it gets us closer to to to. They want to get to know me a little bit more, other than coming in and doing jujitsu or coming in and doing yeah. football. Uh, you know, because this lad is <coughs> or one of them. He likes David Williams. He read. He's got all his books. I haven't got a bloody clue who he is. And so so. Uh, what have you been reading today, David Williams? Uh, which book have you got? He tells me, and then yeah. I ask him to give me some information about the book that I can actually regurgitate another point. Mm-hmm. And and so some most of my well, I say most of my work <coughs> as we walk into the as walk into the uh, the, uh, the you know the, the fields or the, the, where we're going for training or on the way back, I'll be having a conversation with the players. How's your brother? I was Sam. I was Alice. Yeah. Your younger brother or older brother or younger sister. And they're doing with the swimming. Uh, and it, it, the softness, but they're very effective. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. very useful. And the tools that are not, you know, these are things that are learned. We did, so you mentioned about connection and rapport earlier, Dave. If we fail to do this, we've, we're going to struggle with the relationship. Yeah. We're going to struggle. And what we tend to do is, if you if you want to build relationships, people who are very good at it are good at it. They're good at actually listening. They're listening for sto- They're listening to the story. Mm-hmm. Listening for the depth of the story. They're not going to manufacture their own and derail the story. Yeah. We want to build rapport. If we want to build connection, if we don't want to do that, there's times where you don't. Where you got to stop them and you got to right, right, come on, let's go. And you just change the pattern. You, you you interrupt them and you take them somewhere else because it's more beneficial for them. Yeah. Well, equally for us because we're in a time constraint. You'd be going in the gym for an hour working with them, and you know you can't be all it can't be all uh, you know student led. Yeah. You're getting that done, mm-hmm. but you do have to. You'll be doing the same when you're working with your with your athletes. You'll be how are you doing? How's your day been? And a nice smile on your chops. Yeah. Uh, but then it's business time. Lights come on, we're in. Yeah. And it's, it's important. So the book is about connecting. It's, it shows strategies that have been used, not just by me. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate. I think I'm, I'm probably, the, I was the slowest one in the class. And I think for, for me, all I do is surround myself with clever people. <laughs> very modest, very modest. <laughs> one thing that was, um, reading it in the, in the first early chapters of the book, and it's something simple, but it's something that I made a point of doing when I started the Jiu-Jitsu Academy up. Trying to build this rapport and this connection in the quickest possible way. Like you say, you are under time constraints. You've only got an hour. There's other people in the class just using the person's name, remembering the person's name and using the name rather than saying, all right, mate, how you doing? Actually using that person's name because like you've said in the book, that brings up for that individual a whole narrative behind their name, doesn't it? It's, it's the most identifying sound 
that we're known for really important but yeah that was that was good to read that in the book and show that it all that, that's what i'm doing yeah the the, the thing dave here I, i'm interrupted you uh, and apologies for that is where do you use the nerve so not, i'm not asking you that question yeah. but dave dave well done dave great to see you or uh it's good to see you dave dave good to see you or good to see you dave is different right so i've used your name at the beginning mm-hmm. good to see you dave oh, so dave good to see you or good to see you dave and, I, and for the coaches out there i implore you to experiment with that right because where you use the name do you use it at the beginning how do you use the name because you you know i've i've been around you i think you're you're very you're extremely bright and very respectful and i'm not saying it because you're on the phone if i didn't particularly find you engaging i will be doing something else this morning and i won't be involved in this conversation because i like you uh, and genuine warmth even though you know that you, you know little of me and i know little of you i think i know enough of you to go yeah and you want to engage and help to improve both yourself and others and for that i respect it but you you know that you want to engage with people to want to help improve them doesn't just help improve them it actually helps to do something for herself as well and genuine warmth from it yeah because if we go out to want to get something from that relationship dave it might be the wrong it might be the wrong syntax Right. Wrong order. I think, uh, you know, in my life, I've started to understand in my latter years, because I've been a, I'm a bloody slow learner. It's taken me a long time. Cause, <laughs> but, but I do get there. It, when, I, when I learn it, it it's in. And it, it's rather than go out to go and get something from the relationship, is whether can you give something to the relationship first? Mm-hmm. Can you give something first? And then something will come on back. So, yeah. you know, Rather than I'm gonna I'm gonna get something from him, he's gonna get um, my intention is to get something from him, and you go in with that, in 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 thought it gets bleached out. We can't not communicate, yeah. And it can get sensed. People will sense that you're trying to meet, you know, milk them or get something from them. And that, this relationship that you and I built, this is organically developed because I know you know very little about me. Although I think you probably know a little bit more about me. Than, 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 than some. Yeah. Uh, you've not come in here wanting to get something from me right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You haven't. You've come in and it's it's giving me something. So uh, I think the the greatest gift you can give somebody is actually want to listen to them, and you're doing that uh, intently. And I'm because uh, I'll just gas on all day. Yeah. Here, well, that was part of the motivation for for doing these podcasts, really. Yeah. I remember uh, after I did say two of them and I was getting some, not negative feedback, but some comments like, why are you doing it? What's the reason behind it? And part of the motivation for doing it was basically, essentially, to learn more about myself. So even if nothing comes of it, I get to maybe improve my questioning skills. I get to definitely improve my listening skills. It's a process rather than a, a product. I'm just enjoying the process of learning, listening to like-minded individuals people who've got something to say people who i can learn from that was the whole inspiration behind doing them in the first place 
That's mm. great. Wanting to learn, wanting to having their open mindedness and ability to listen, uh, ability to adjust and adapt, mm. ability to actually we adopt things and then what we do is we we adapt it. So you adopt. Oh, I like that. Then you adopt it. Well, you, sorry, you adopt it. Then you adapt it to meet what what where it sits. And and I think that's what. Well, I think I know I didn't have that ability many many years ago. Now it's because I'm more comfortable in in my in my place, my calling. It's a lot more. It's easier. Yeah. And, uh, you know the the travels that I've that I've been very fortunate to. I've coached in China, uh, worked with the Chinese FA. I've been over to China three times. Yeah, three times. Uh, went with Manchester United twice. Been to India and coached out there and coached. You know, again developing coach education, coach uh, coaching kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, again with Manchester United. Then been over to South Korea delivering with the KFA, the Korean Football Association, delivering their pro license with a friend of mine who's, the book actually is dedicated to him. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's I, I don't have a formal education. I don't have a degree. Uh, it's been a choice. I don't particularly, I'm not a good sitter and listener and I get bored quick, but I'll adapt things yeah. and I'll meet things. You know, I'll, I'll, I've done courses that have changed my life and and help to you know to furnish where I'm at. It really has been a, a magnificent education. There's been another one. You know, it's another yeah. being able to stand up and communicate and I deliver courses. Uh, I, I, can I go on the court? Can I can I talk about the courses? Of course you can. Yeah, yeah. We've got a bit of time left. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I mean, this is a so anything around my sport. Yeah, I just wanted to learn. I want to know about things. And the the, the English FA have five, did have five psychology, football psychology courses. One number the, the the first course was it is now it used to be anyway on an online FA uh, level one psych course, and then level five you know four day course. So mm-hmm. level one you know you breathe. Uh, Go online, but you pretty much pass. Very simple, straightforward. Nothing, in, nothing intricate. Very simple, straightforward. An, an, an introductory course. Very good. Level five takes you somewhere else. So I decided to go on these things. So I thought, yeah, um, I want to learn. I want to stretch because it's important that when you're comfortable, if you're comfortable, we might not want to go anywhere else, and that's great. Mm-hmm. You're just happy. Be content. But then there comes a point in life where you go, well, I need to go somewhere else. Well, sometimes we just we'll we'll, we'll stay inside the same harbour. We don't want to go anywhere else because we, you know, as human as human beings, were, you know, many years ago we'd be sat in the army and think, I wonder what's like. I wonder what's across the ocean. I wonder what's across the sea. We're going to travel in the sea, yeah, and and be uncomfortable with it because that's part of development. It's part of stretching the human soul. And then when you reflect and look back and think, I've been there. You know, when you when you set off, you think, "Cracky, where am I going?" Yeah, and then when saying, you've been there, the sayings are, a ship is the safest in the harbour, isn't it? But ships are meant to be sailed. 
ships are meant to be sailed. Yeah, when you get out there and you look back, you've done it, you've achieved it. You think, crikey, what was it all about? Yeah, because it's our it's our internal dialogue taking. It takes us all over the place. But when you go, I'm on anyway. So I'm going to do all these. I, I first did the level one, and on that cohort or the cohort of students, we actually got on that well. Is you know, they were like they were like six monthly courses, and then you could go. So you do the level one, and then the level two. Mm-hmm. You could do two in the year. So we did it over a period of uh, a couple of years. This, uh, when I say we, the cohort that started pretty much finished. So nice. we, you know, we get a good crack with and some people who have done very, very well out the game and still doing very well in the game. Uh, so we did the level one, and then on the level five, we still got the same cohort. We might have a couple of fresh faces, but it was brilliant. anyway. We on the level five, uh, sorry, level four course was a, a theory base, theory psychology base for a practical nature. So how do you? So we have what's called the five C's. Well, I say what's the five C's. It's that the five C's are communication. So developing communication in sport, right. in your in your game, it's nonverbal. If it's one to one, I want to be reading your body patterns. You might move a specific way, and I might move a specific way just to take you off balance because I'm gearing and teeing you up. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you get that initially. You've got to learn that. That becomes an organic, natural, you know, with good coaching and the also in, intuition and instinctiveness. Now, I move a specific way to shift your body and then you don't know where I'm coming from. But when yeah. you're first learning it, it's just raw. So, yeah, so we, how do you develop communication? How do you develop concentration? How do you, how do you develop commitment? How do, you develop, how do you develop emotional control? So control. Uh and then uh, how do you develop confidence? Mm-hmm. So the five C's. So and each in isolation. Now, of course, you can't. If you, it's like a muscle group. You know, if you're doing weights, you can't isolate one muscle. It's impossible. If you, you know, what we're going to do today is work on legs. Well, it's impossible to just work on legs. <laughs> which specific body? Which specific part? You're going to work on the rectoris femoris, or you're going to work on your. So what are you going to work on? Yeah, because you're going to be working other muscles. So anyway, same as in football. But what we had is these those five C's were in isolation worked on and practical. So how do you develop communication? Silent football. You know, so playing in silence. Uh, mm-hmm. Different forms of communication. So we went into depth. Really good. You know, four day. Anyway, so we do all of this and. I remember on a day, it's four-day course, a level four, and I remember going up to the, uh, up to the, there was a doctor. Uh, I'm not going to mention who he is, but he, I said to him, you know, I'm really enjoying the course, thanks very much. And by the way, I can help you. And they looked at me like I got four heads. <laughs> what the fuck are you, you are. Yeah. You know, he, he like poo-pooed me off a little bit and, I thought, right, okay. Yeah. Now, it might have been my approach. I'm sure it might. I'm sure it will have been. It been my approach, giving it the bigging. And, you know, I've got a doctor. And I have somebody who hasn't got a degree. I've come a lot, I'm a lad of a council estate. Yeah. Uh, I just hangs around with clever folk. <laughs> and I just latch on to them. And so that was day, it was it, it, with a day and a half left. And I, 
In case I shut down, I didn't even get involved with it then. I, I thought, well, you know, f- fuck you. I'm, I'm not having this shit. Yeah. You know, you just pride me. And, and I, I believe all actually I can help you. So what I did, I actually sat and I got my mate, you know, somebody I've built a very good friendship with. He said, you're not listening to this. I said, no, no, I'm not fucking, in- I'm not interested in it now. <laughs> well, I went so past it, doesn't matter, I'll tell you after. And, and what I'm doing is planning and developing a course. Right. We're developing a course. So I, I, I wanted to use this time wisely for myself because I was somebody just abruptly, or I perceived it to be mm-hmm. a negative comment or a negative response. So, you know, my, my response to that was, okay, I'll shut down. It's my money and, and it's my time, but I'll do, it, I'll do things in my time. And what I did, I, I actually developed a three-day course that I, deli- that I delivered at Keeley University with a good friend of mine. Uh, and, and we called it Improving the Art of Communication in Football. It could have been Improving the Art in Martial Arts. Yeah. And on that course, we got, uh, the, we, we, it was a full course, with 16 candidates, <coughs> four of them now, excuse me, four of them have become uh, uh, what's called pro-licensed coach, coaches. You can't go any higher in qualification around the world. The pro-licensed is where the Premier League managers have to. So if you want to be a manager in the Premier League, you've got to, you've got to attend this course. And uh, so uh, I developed that three days. And on the course was another, was somebody from the FA, another doctor. And... I thought the course had gone well. Uh, you know, the feedback was, you know, was, was good. Yeah. And then about three weeks later, this doctor rings me up who'd attended the course. He said, would you like to deliver on the level one site course? It's only, you only got a slot, about an hour and a half. I said, yeah. 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 And I said, yeah. And I had no idea what I was going to be doing. I said, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I, and, I, and I got off the phone. I thought, what the? What am I going to do? And that's when yeah. the the speakers start moving. Then what the bloody hell? Like you said before, though, you've got to take them opportunities when they arrive, haven't you? Grab at it, yeah. Uh, I did, and do you know, Dave, when I when I reflect back now, and I'm talking to you, the I delivered the level one, a part of it, level two, a level three, I got it, which is a three day course, and then what I got is. Uh, I got asked again when I delivered a level four course. And I delivered the level four site course for 13 years. Wow. I co-delivered I co- it. Yeah. And having been told, well, I didn't get told. I just read it, as you know. But I delivered the level four site course for, our, for the English FA. And I don't have a degree. <laughs> no degree. I'm a lad of a counsellor. You know, I like, in, I like being around clever folk. Uh, <laughs> But but I think it, you know, and I don't say this to be to be giving it a big in. Or I just think is what we do. We've all got some form of contribution to give. Mm-hmm. No money is your own. There is a saying: "There's no money is your own island." You can't survive on your own. Yeah. And I go back to the lone wolf story. I was a lone wolf when I first started coaching. I was a lone wolf. I knew everything. I got everything. Nobody could tell me anything. I'd go watch somebody, you know, I'd travel the length and breadth of the, I did, length and breadth of the country. I'd go down south, I'd go watch the guys called Don Howe at Arsenal. I don't know them, I'd just go down and watch them, I'd contact them. Yeah. I'd watch them, I'd go up north, I'd go up to Glasgow Rangers watching, you know, people up there. And I don't know them, but I'd just go watch them. 
but when I were watching at times, I was actually critiquing, watching and observing what they weren't good at. I don't like that practice. Oh, I can do that. I've seen it before. I wanted new things. Right. You're always looking for the new thing. But in actual fact, I was missing the, the major things and the magic lies in doing what they were doing. So the, the what is the practice. The magic lies not in the what. So you can the people can come, you know, they can come and train with you. The magic doesn't lie in what, what you do, Dave. Mm. The what is the gym, the what is this is the practice. The what it's the how. How do you do the what is where your magic lies. Right. In terms of your deliverer. In terms of how you do what you do. Uh, yeah. In terms of your delivery. In terms yeah. of how you present yourself. In terms of you know that the the the, the verbal vitamins that you you that you 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 you're spreading and sprinkling upon the the, yeah. the class. The what is that loads of people who do the what, and now some are very good at doing the what, but not very good at the how. Right. On the flip of that, some are very good at doing the good at how to deliver it, but don't know what to deliver. Yeah. So they need guidance. Yeah. Some are very good at delivering the what, this is what we do, but not very good at the how. Mm-hmm. You get somebody who's good at the how and the what, you're in with a shout, that's your money. Yeah. <laughs> What's it, what he said? People, people don't remember what you do, but they remember how you make them feel. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That's the, so that, so Maya Angelou. Right. That's, uh, so people will forget what you do. People, sorry, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, mm-hmm. but they'll never forget how you make them feel. Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's something I do try and implement in in the way I deliver the, the the classes and stuff. I want them to leave the gym buzzing. You know what I mean? Thinking, regardless of what techniques we learned, I want them to to leave the gym thinking I like being part of that. You know what I mean? Mm. It- the importance of it all, and that's great. I think there are simple strategies that we tend to forget at times, and they're very simple ones. And I think we all get a bit blasé with it. You want to get them so they're running into your gym. Mm. And you want it where the, the, you'll have claw marks on the way out. <laughs> so they'll yeah. always they'll forget the first, they'll forget, you know, they'll remember when, when, you, when they come in the gym and you've got a face like a slapped ass. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll remember that. Right. And if, they got a, if you've got a first like a slap to us on the way out, they've got to remember you on the way in and they got to, they'll remember you on the way out. And when you leave them on the way out, you've got to leave them with the positivity. Yeah. Because that will then generate some interest for them to want to come back. Hey, Dave, or it could be a simple question such as, and it could be one of those in the, you know, little quiet one in the logo. Mm-hmm. Come here. I thought you'd done. Got some information that's going to make you even better. Yeah. Do you want to know where it is? <laughs> I'll see you next week. Come back after the break. <laughs> I'll see you after the break. I'll see you next week because they'll be going, you know, from, you know, to when they come back. I wonder what it is. I wonder what it is. I wonder what it is. Yeah. But it's going to be genuine. Yeah. Of course. Well, listen, Keith, I could, I could sit and listen and talk to you uh, all day. But I know you're a, you're a busy man. But uh, thank you again for coming on and doing this this morning. I really appreciate it. Sure. Listen, Dave, thank you. It's been been very natural. If I can just mention something, if I may, about the book. Of course you can, yeah. 
the book is dedicated to a, a friend of mine who was uh, worldwide, worldwide, well-renowned football coach, and he was he directed our FA, lots of FA courses, our air license, which is which was the highest coaching qualification. Uh, he directed though he directed the academy managers courses when they were around. He directed pro license courses around the world. He worked in around the England setup, England youth setup for many many years. Very instrumental. This guy was a maverick. I'd known him for thirty five years, Dave, and I never heard him speak badly about man or woman. Right. He. I was very fortunate to. To, uh, in fact, I'm the last person on the on the planet to work with him. Uh, we were in South Korea. Uh, you were directing the pro license. I call him the Colonel. He, 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 this guy, he never, Dave. He never. He didn't walk. He glided. He was right. a wonderful man and a very private man, but very intelligent. And unfortunately, so that was 2017. We're in South Korea. Uh, in 2018, he 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 passed, uh, died of a, a brain tumor. So 10% of the profit of the book goes to start to how to become a more effective coach. 10% of the profit from the sales go to the Giles Trust, the brain tumor fund. Fantastic. Which means so much uh, for me because it's going to a going to a, a worthy cause. And I know there are many other worthy causes out there currently, but yeah, so, yeah. Brilliant. And where can people get the book? Is it anywhere? Right, anywhere yeah, 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 good question. So the, the book can be bought from Amazon, amazon.co.uk. Uh, I know there are other platforms, and I think the book depository, and from what I gather, it's been a, it's been a number one bestseller, Dave. Nice. It came out the 27th of November last year. It took six months to write. My son and I, uh, he's the clever one, and all I do, we just send him, you know, I'll keep passing him the ball. He came up with a good <laughs> and great finishing, uh, great receiving skills. And uh, on the, So it came out the 27th of November. On the 29th of November, it was number one bestseller. And it's been a number one bestseller since. I know it might be down two or three, uh, it might be in you know, rank three or four, but then all of a sudden it goes back to number one. So we're really, really pleased with it. And, and as a consequence, what we've now done is we've uh, we started to do our own, host our own podcasts. So it's called Goldust Podcast. That came out yesterday. Brilliant. Uh, our, first, our first recording came out yesterday and we're really pleased. I know that's the uptake of that. Uh, and it, it's been it's been brilliant. Uh for those that want to get hold of me, and here I am, I'm, I never thought I'd be saying this, somebody like plugging your words, but I can be on Twitter. I think it's it, it's uh, my, my, my Twitter handle. Is that the right yeah. term? I'll tell you what, mate, I never thought them words would come out of your mouth ever. Yeah, I didn't even know what it was. I'm looking at door handles and my son tells <laughs> me. I'm just following up and saying that my Twitter handle is Keith Mayer 5. Yeah. And uh, so if anybody wants to follow, great. It's, but, but it's been brilliant. What a what a wonderful experience! It's been one of the best. It's been one of the best interviews that I've been involved with. Yet. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that, mate. Uh, going back to your podcast, where can people get that? Is it on iTunes? Is it on Spotify? It's on Spotify, iTunes. Yeah, it, as I say, it came out yesterday, so it's on Spotify, iTunes, and all the other platforms. That I'll, put, I'll put the link. I'll put the link to um, your podcast, and I'll put a link to the book. 
on the in the show notes on YouTube and that, so people can just click on that and it'll take them directly to it. But uh, I'm enjoying the book, mate. Like I said, I bought it the other day after speaking to you. I'm on chapter four, and uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, cool. I'll definitely be taking some things away from it. Definitely. Good, yeah. great, Dave. Thank you. You're. Uh, I appreciate that, by the way, and thank you for giving me the gift in being able to come on and. Yeah, just uh, can I, I really talk about myself? But it's been a, it's been a, it's been a pleasant experience. No, I appreciate you coming on and talking about yourself anyway, mate. Thanks very much, Keith. Pleasure, Dave. Take yes, care. Uh, and for everybody out there, keep safe. And uh, in these unprecedented times, it's massively important that we do listen and we look after each other. Well said, Keith. Thank you, mate. Pleasure. Take, Take care. care. Bye, Keith. Bye. See you soon. See you soon.